Blog Talk Radio. Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and joining me today is Jerome Spears for a discussion about using multiple available sources to find your family's Kunta Kente. Well, as a family historian and DNA data manager, Jerome has had the opportunity to use his family's oral history coupled with an extensive collection of gathered DNA results, a well-maintained family tree, and modern research resources to be able to bridge the gap between African-American persons on this side of the Atlantic Ocean with their distant cousins in Africa. All available resources have been brought to bear, including using sibling summation techniques, various DNA testing companies' data holdings, GEDmatch and DNA painter applications, and even Google and Facebook in order to go back several generations and hundreds of years in order to achieve successful results. Well, I know I'm looking forward to hearing about connecting with the family's Kunta Kente. So let me just give a warm welcome to Jerome Spears. Welcome, Jerome. Thank you, Bernice. Thank you very much for that introduction. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> so I mentioned uh, I mentioned something that you had in your 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 intro or your description, and it was about sibling summation techniques in your DNA right. research. So would you explain what this means and why it's so important? Well, sibling summation, and I have to give credit where it's due, it's a term I heard it coined by a doctor. If folks follow YouTube and go on the various sites to pull any and all of the data, Jason is one of the heaviest. Jerome, Jerome. I uh-huh. need to stop you for a minute. I'm not hearing you, and I'm hearing an echo. So uh, it, it, if you have a, a computer on or you have a radio on, could you turn all of that off? Okay. I don't have anything like that on. Uh, okay. Maybe. 
I'm going to move around a little bit. See if is it better now? Okay. Is it any better? You can go ahead on. Okay. So I was making reference to Jason Lee, who coined the phrase, at least from my perspective, sibling summation. And he talked about it in terms of individuals who may be fortunate enough to have several brothers and sisters who have all tested um, done their DNA tests, particularly if you weren't fortunate enough to get your DNA from your parents before they may have passed away. If you have three, four, five, or more siblings, you can actually garner the DNA from those siblings and uh, pair it with a paternal or maternal first cousin, kind of uh, re-engineer your DNA back to your mother's side and back to your father's side, and in effect, recreate the DNA that your parents provided you. Um, As an individual, you're only going to get a certain amount of DNA, particularly if you're using a cousin, for example, in terms of comparing. But if that same cousin matches with four or five siblings, now you're going to get a lot more of the DNA, which, which almost replicates the total amount of DNA your parent would have had to provide to all three or four of your siblings. And so where that becomes important is because now you're using all the DNA from, say, four or five siblings, that's a lot more DNA that you have available to seek, to seek out and hunt matches that you otherwise might have missed, particularly when you're dealing with small centimorgan uh, segments because if you only have a little bit of DNA and you match to that person, say one sibling does, but the rest of you don't, um, some people might argue that that's a small amount and it's probably not uh, an accurate hit. It might be a false positive. But if you have multiple siblings and more than two or three of those siblings are matching on that same small segment, that helps to validate that segment as being legitimate and it will allow you to go further back in, in your research than you otherwise would be able to. So this is a, almost a lesson right now to those individuals that have siblings. And if their siblings uh, have not tested, to communicate with those siblings and share with them that they, in fact, may have uh, some DNA that you may not have, but that their DNA yeah. is valuable. And so that's one of the reasons why you would want them to also test. That's exactly right. And, and if, you, if you have a sibling that, that's, been, that's been, you know, procrastinating about taking the test, this is the absolute reason or incentive for them to go ahead and do it because their, their results added to your results, added to your other siblings' results, will give you a, bit of, a bigger picture than any of you would have individually. That's right. So let's uh, talk about what you found. So you've successfully found and connected with and even spoken to distant DNA cousins in Africa. So let's, the, the first part of this question is, how did you do this? So this is a good news story and a kind of not great news story all rolled into one because some of the processes that we use to make this discovery may no longer be available because uh, one of the testing companies, they've since gotten rid of the capability to present to the users these very small segments that they used to have access to. At the time I was doing my, my research, you had access to uh, six and seven centimorgan segments. And when you're going way, way back in your, in your family's history, five, six, seven, eight, nine generations, you really need to be able to 
see who's matching you at those small amounts because that's how far back that African ancestor is going to be. So if a, if a company just arbitrarily decides, well, we don't need six and seven anymore, let's let's make the cutoff eight and move on, when you've done that, you've hurt African-Americans particularly, severely, because that's the exact sweet spot that we needed to be able to make these kind of connections. So that's kind of the bad news part of this. The good news part of it was that I undertook this research before they pulled the plug and was able to see a lot of six and seven Centimorgan segments for my matches. And in, in looking at some of these folks, I was able to just put in a query. Uh, you go into your, your, your account and you say, I want to see anybody that I'm matching, say, for example, that was born in Ghana or that was born in Senegal or was born in Nigeria or was born in the Congo. And the computer does the work for you, depending on what uh, uh, testing company you're working with. Some of them have this capability. And it will just give you a data dump of anybody that matches you that has that particular country as their place of origin. And then a list of people like that, then you can begin to email these people and say, hey, we're a small match, but, you know, I want to start somewhere. Will you respond to me? Let's see if we can figure out just how we're related or what have you. And maybe most people have this same experience. Nine out of ten people aren't going to answer you. But if you send out enough emails to enough people, that one out of ten might be enough. A couple of folks that got back to me and responded and said, yeah, I'm, I'm, that, I'm that person that matches. You know, what do you want to know? And so you can move from the testing system into email so you can send pictures back for for you getting to know one another, and once you're at that level, then you're in a whole new ball game. And so, with this one cousin in I matched him. I matched his mother. It was a generation removed from his mother's DNA kit, and absent his mother having her sample in the test, I probably would have caught any of because I only caught her at the. That means if I'm catching her at I'm probably not going to catch generation further removed from that. I'm not going to catch him at all at that point. But I had another sister that also matched that same individual at six centimorgans. And so you feel a little bit more about this not being false positive because we've got two siblings who are now matching this distant person on the same spot. And the reason why we were able to know it's the same spots because in particular I'm losing sound with you again. A cartridge. It looks like it's not the one. Email. I copy your happening. Um, she says. Okay. Should I continue, or are we still having? Yeah, that, that's all it is. So apparently yes. she got a printer card, which is not the right one. There's someone else. Uh, I hear another she voice it's not speaking. The right one. But anyway. Oh, that's not. Yes, there's there another goes. voice that was speaking. So let's uh-huh. see if we can continue this sure. conversation. And if I can't, then I'll reschedule uh, and bring you right uh, back on. Okay? I, I got you. Okay. Okay. But so let's like start off. So you said yes, that your, you and your sibling match the uh, uh, someone the from Africa. I, I Correct. 
Okay, we are still, there's two conversations going on. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going on. Should I call you back on the phone? You want me to try that? Yes. Everybody, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, Jerome is going to call me right back. Okay, everyone? He's going to call me right back. Okay, Jerome. Okay, here we go. everyone. Thank you so much for your patience. Jerome is back online. So, Jerome, how yes. did you feel as you made these uh, discoveries uh, with your DNA matches? Well, I was floating around on cloud nine, obviously. I mean, particularly the first time one of my cousins responded because, you know, it's one thing we, we all, I think if you're here in, in America and you're an African-American, and you get your DNA results, you're going to get some variation of you being, you know, 70% African, 30% whatever, or 60, 40, or 80, 20, whatever the breakout is, you know you've got African in you. But to actually try to whittle your way down, to pinning it down to a point where you're actually on the phone talking to one of these people, is just, it's just phenomenal to be able to do that. And the, the fact that this particular cousin, and I think some of the other cousins that I've talked to as well, they've all said, I said, well, I, I can tell you why I put my test in the system. I'm trying to find you. Why did you put your test in the system on the other end? And in some cases, they're saying the same thing. They figure there's Americans that want to know the answer, and if my DNA can help them help to figure it out, you know, that's something I'm able to do. That's something I'm interested in doing. And so it, that's one of the amazing things about this whole process. It's not only us on this side of the Atlantic trying to reach them. In some cases, it's them on the other side of the Atlantic trying to reach us. So there's excitement on both sides of the fence. I can imagine. You are right. There is excitement on both sides. So tell me about the reaction of your family to these discoveries. Well, I've been my, – my aunt – kind of helped me to get this thing off the ground many years after uh, our, our grandmother sat us down and told us all of the oral history that she knew uh, being from St. Mary's County in southern Maryland. Uh, we had this big uh, gathering in 1979 right after Roots went off, and we would explain all the information, and my aunt and my cousin had the presence of mind to tape record the conversation. And so, and I, I was in a room, I was in my, I guess, 20s at the time, and I was listening, but I wasn't really, I was listening, but I really wasn't taking in everything. So 40 years goes by, 
and I, I'm starting to get more interested in this. And I call my aunt, who's now in her 90s, and I go, Auntie, do you still have that tape? She goes, of course I have the tape. And so I said, well, can I listen to it? And she let me listen to the tape. I, it was an old cassette tape. I moved it from cassette to CD so that we could maybe keep it longer now and keep it in a form that would be more useful. So ever since we started listening to that tape and realizing everything or just about everything that our grandparents said, we've been able to research in current time and validate as being true. The whole family has been excited about all of our discoveries. And so to add to that now, making that leap across the Atlantic and finding an actual African uh, relative, it's just been mind-blowing for the whole family. Yes, and just to think that you or someone made that recording uh, when you were in your 20s. Yeah, I mean, and and I I listen to that often. And sometimes I've heard it a hundred times. Sometimes you'll still pick up a wrinkle or something that someone says, or maybe it was a muffled response that maybe someone said that you, you really wasn't listening to that carefully, but you re-listened to it. Did they just say Rosedale? And so then you put Google Rosedale and say, oh, my goodness, that's right next to Solly Plantation in, 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 in St. Mary's County. And so now you have a whole new area of, of stuff to research because of one word that you really weren't listening to before that you listened to with that third ear, if you will. So you mentioned, and when I even introduced you, I did talk about resources. So talk about some of the available resources on online technology and other methods that you use to really help you home in to your skills of analyzing the DNA and taking it as far back as you could. So I, I like to say you, you, you got you have to be able to swim in more than one lake, and you want to certainly use the DNA testing companies. Uh, and you know there's four or five that I could rattle off. Most people are familiar with what they are, but I would I would say just don't test in one of them or two of them. If you if you're able to test in as many of them as you can, because you're always going to find more cousins that tested in one or two of the uh, testing companies that didn't test any others, and you want to be able to have a bigger a pool of folks to play with as possible. And through the various companies and various accounts, I'm currently managing or have uh, access to over 50 accounts right now that I can draw on to run, run the traps on against them compared to other people. And when you have a big pool of people like that, you can certainly be able to find additional things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to find. The other thing you want to be able to do is, in some cases, if if some of the companies don't have what's called a chromosome browser, where you you not only know I have a 10 or 15 or 20 centimorgan match with somebody, you want to know spread out throughout those 22 chromosomes, well, on which chromosome are we matching? And are we matching on the same spot? Because if you're matching on the same spot and multiple sisters or or, or your brother is matching in that same spot, that's an indication that that one spot and that other cousin or other individual hitting on that same spot, that's all mapping back to one ancestor or one ancestral pair. And so that can help you better figure out which side of the fence that match is coming to you from. Is it the mother's side or the father's side? So you want to be able to see your data in a chromosome browser. 
and the, the, the chromosome browser of choice that I use a lot is the JetMatch, uh, JetMatch.com, and the, and their uh, analytic tools and chromosome browser that's there. They can ingest information from many of the testing companies and pull it into one place where now you can fish in one lake, so to speak. So you definitely want to have JetMatch in your toolkit. And the other thing you want to be able to do is to visualize or see this data in various different types of ways. You want to be able to isolate certain individuals. And there's another third-party uh, resource called DNA Painter, and that that particular uh, site allows you to be able to look at the chromosomes, and if you know whether or not you're looking at a paternal or maternal match, you're able then to load those chromosomes in in the various positions on your mother's side and on your father's side, and, and in effect make a chromosome map of your DNA profile, both for your mother and your father. So those are some of the tools that are essential if you're trying to really go way back and begin to figure out where your ancestors come from. Uh, in some cases, when you're trying to talk with these people, your, your matches when you find them, inside of the t testing company apparatus, these people may be they're just interested in figuring out if I'm, if I'm Nigerian or Irish or, or, you know, from Ghana or from this place, and they get that answer, and they never come back to the site. They, they kind of walk away from it, and they're done with it. And so you're sending them emails, and they're not answering. But maybe that same individual who's not looking at their DNA test anymore, they're active on Facebook or they're active other places. So you want to be able to take those names and sometimes names and pictures and go to other places like Google, for example, I mean like uh, Facebook, for example, and see if you can hunt down the person in that domain. And I've had some success in jumping into Facebook or even doing Google searches on people to try to get more information to see if I can get enough data to find out this must be the right person, let me, let me send them a text or what have you. So you really want to use everything that's at your disposal to try to, to, try to reach out and, and contact with these people. And many times you might catch up with somebody and they shrug their shoulders and go, hey, you got me, but I'm not interested, have a nice day. And, you know, you have to deal with that disappointment and, and move on to the next one. But if you do this over and over again, eventually somebody's going to be as excited to hear from you as you were to hear from them, and then that's when the magic really starts. Right. Well, you just mentioned, though, and I, I heard this, and I think I heard it loud and clear, you are the data manager of 50 DNA kits. How yes. in the world are you managing 50 kits? So, you know, you get up, you, you, go, you go to your computer, <laughs> and maybe on, you know, you have your, your family broken down into like four major quadrants, the great-grandparents, and so maybe on a given day you say, I'm going to look at the Jordan Bankins line. And so mm -hmm. you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of matches that are going to fall into that particular quadrant. Or maybe I'm going to look at the Spears-Gantt line this, you know, this day or, or the Carter-Stevens line. You know. So as you, you can kind of figure out ways to just look at your, your relatives in sections and, and mm -hmm. try to resolve uh, particular questions that you might have, uh, but you don't want to take – swallow the whole elephant at once because it's, it's a pretty big elephant. So you just want to nibble away at it, take it in sections, try to be as organized as you can and systematic as you can. And, and you know, the other thing about this is that, it, it, particularly in recent times, 
It's not like I'm doing this alone. There are a number of what we might call citizen scientists and, and family historians and genealogists. They're out there trying to find their folks, too. And many of the folks that you're trying to find, they're common ancestors to them. And so I, I'm, I'm having chats. I'm going into Zoom meetings. I'm having, you know, we're collaborating. We're sharing information. We're saying, hey, I found mm-hmm. this. Take a look at that. And so emails are flying back and forth. We've got a community of African Americans right now that have their, their sleeves rolled up, and they're diving into this stuff. And I'd like to think they're all as urgent about this as I am. I'm so urgent about this because my belief is that while we're in this window of opportunity to discover these ancestors that are calling out to us, there's no guarantee that these companies are going to be around forever. There's no guarantees that the capabilities that they offer now they're going to allow to continue to be at the same level that they're at. So we don't need to be casually just sashaying along, like I'll get to it next week, I'll get to it next month. If I get a lead, i got my sleeves rolled up, this, my light's on at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm trying to find the answer to that. And there's a bunch of other people, a lot of my cousins, both close in and some distant, that we're all in different circles collaborating and working to try to solve this stuff together. And you, you'd be amazed at how far, much farther you can get when some other cousin gives you a lead that you never would have had if it wasn't for them. And maybe you're able to do the same thing for them. And we're just all moving down the field together just trying to solve these questions. Right. And what you're saying, though, is that is the power of collaboration can Absolutely. certainly help you move what you have gathered to a much quicker pace, but certainly it does take time. That is not an instant. It's not an instant process where you're looking for your Kunta Kente, and wow, you open up your DNA, and your Kunta Kente is sitting there saying, "Hello, brother. <laughs> Hello, sister." And and I'll, I'll I'll give you this example. If everybody remembers the Wizard of Oz, where she's running through the whole movie with those ruby slippers on, and then at the end, the lady says. Just click your heels three times and, and say there's no place like home. You could have gone home an hour ago. Well, I think the DNA folks, you know, we don't have any magic slippers on it. We could just click our heels. But each of us very well might have enough within our own holdings where we kind of metaphorically click our heels and say, I'm going to reconnect the dots. I'm going to reconnect the dots. I'm going to share this with somebody else, and he's going to share something mm-hmm. with me, and she's going to share. And before you know it, you may have some of those answers right in front of you. You just don't know what you have. And someone else has to bring that out of you or, or make, it, make it visible to you so you can see it. But collectively, we very well may have a lot more in our holdings right now, and we just need to pull out the best of all of us uh, collectively and individually to, to help to solve some of these, these questions. Well, I want to take you back for a minute. Because you talked about using these small, single-digit centimorgans. Right. And some may have questioned, and, I, and I'm certain that one of the reasons one of the companies chose to basically eliminate the small segments is because they question the legitimacy of those segments. But you, on the other hand, you're saying, no, these small segments are needed. So have yeah. these small segments taken you, I know you've mentioned Nigeria, but tell us, have they taken you from Nigeria 
to the specifics of where in Nigeria? So, so the answer to that is no. But again, because we're using multiple sources, we're using Facebook and Google and the good old-fashioned telephone and the good old-fashioned email. So if you're able to actually connect with these individuals, then you can say, hey, brother, where are you from? And my mm-hmm. Nigerian cousin says, I'm from Idawani. I'm, I'm from the Yoruba tribe. And so now you've got that answer. You've got it right from the person's mouth where he's from and where his family's mm-hmm. from and where they've been for hundreds of years. And so the DNA is not, that small segment of DNA is not giving you that answer, but it's getting you close enough to connect to the person who then in turn can give you that answer. And so you just keep building on the puzzle, keep building on the puzzle until all the dots are connected. So I understand, and obviously with 50 kids somewhere in there, you have young people in your family. So they will be next in line to pick up where you leave off. Now, as things relate to your years of family history research and DNA discoveries, have you identified anyone in your family to become the successor? Yeah, that's that's a real challenge because this isn't going to be the type of thing where you just raise somebody's hand and deputize them. Somebody's going to get bit by the bug the way I got bit by the bug for my, when my grandmother, then my aunt, passed stuff down to me, and before you know it, I was in. There's somebody out there in their 40s or in their 30s or in their 20s. They're out there right now, and somebody's going to get bit by this bug and just just hear these ancestors crying out to them that, hey, you, you've got to start t- picking your uncle's brain. You've got to start rolling up your sleeves and figuring out how he's doing this. You've got to, you know, you want to, you don't want to have this drop cold and then and, and lay dormant. Somebody's got to pick this up. So one of the things that I'm doing is I'm I'm going to family reunions. I'm having Zoom meetings. I'm I'm going to different venues. Any, anywhere people ask me to to talk about family history as it relates to the family, I'm there. I'm trying to make I'm trying to see if anybody's going to be get to a point where that spark is lit and they say, "Hey, can I call you back to ask you more about X, Y, or Z?" Sure you can. And so there's a couple of people who have kind of shown, you know, some interest, but the person that's 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 all in, that person has not materialized yet, but I'm I'm hopeful that they'll they'll come into view soon. But your strategy of of really kind of paying attention to the person that looks like they're interested may be the one that you can start mentoring. Uh, so that they can at least say, I have somebody that I can talk to about my family history. Exactly. And it, it may end up being not, not one. It might be a, a cadre. It might be two or three. You might have somebody that takes the, the, the father's side, father's half, and someone else, who's a different relative who will take the mother's side. And so now there's two people that will pick up the ball. Uh, but, of course, the interesting thing about St. Mary's County Everybody's related to everybody, so you might start off on your mother's side, but you're going to run to your father's people and vice versa. I mean, that's just the nature of how Southern Maryland is. But, yeah, I, so I don't know if it's going to be one one person or th- two people or three, but we're, we're, we're optimistic that, you know, we just have to keep beating the drum and someone's going to come answer the call. Well, I know that you are a member of OGS. 
And right. how much has being in in this organization meant to your development as a, a family historian, a DNA data manager, a genealogist? Well, that that AUG stands for the Afro American Historical and Genealogical Society. Uh, they're they're they've got uh, chapters all around the country. Uh, we just had our n- national virtual conference just earlier this month, which 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 I'm, everybody seems to be talking about it uh, in, in, in glowing terms. Uh, it was the first virtual event, and and so you know we had a couple of bumps here and there because of the technology. But overall, everything I'm hearing from people is that it went over very, very, very nicely, and people got a lot of information out of it. And that that's that that's that cadre of citizen scientists, of of historians, of genealogists, of people who are all rolled up their sleeves, trying to solve this stuff, trying to find their own relatives, trying to interlink with other folks that they're related to. And each each time I'll go to a meeting, we're now doing our meetings virtually here in, in, in Howard County. We're doing our, our meetings virtually now because of the virus. But when we used to meet in person, it wouldn't be a, a meeting that would go by where at some point in that event you're sitting next to somebody that kind of nugs you and say, hey, have you seen this? Or, you know, this is happening next week. Or downtown they're getting ready to do this. And you're picking up bits and pieces from folks left and right, and you're trying to share what you, what you might know as well. And so it's it's just collaboration on steroids, and it's wonderful. <laughs> I never thought of it like that, collaboration on steroids. But, you know, you're right, because yeah. you have an opportunity, if it's not AUGS, it's the National Genealogical Society, it's other societies where people are coming together, they're collaborating, they're sharing. You're learning so much from those individuals which can right. then make you a better a better researcher. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So let me take you on a fantasy here. If you have if you were granted supernatural powers oh <laughs> to boy. overcome and resolve any brick walls that are in front of you right now. And if uh, you've gotten stumped, what would you use? <laughs> how would you use these magical powers of what, to to uncover or discover something new? Well, I think one of the things I would do, I would I would wave some magic wand, and all of these folks that are resisting to take these tests, all of a sudden they'd be lined up and ready to take the test, so that <laughs> so that I wouldn't be having all this resistance. And people are, have legitimate concerns about a number of things, which I can appreciate. But uh, my comeback is always. Man, if I get your test in this database, it's called targeted research. You might have an individual where you know their results are more than likely going to give you an answer that you otherwise not be able to get. I've got one cousin, for example. This is a, a woman. She's, she's on a direct line of an individual that we were told was a Native American. Now, everybody has that whole, oh, boy, here we go with the Native American thing. Well, in this particular instance... This this is this is the male who supposedly has the Native American ancestry, and there are several males that descend from him. I'm, I have a DNA match with a, a young a, a young lady who is in that direct line of descent, but she's she, she, she's a, a woman, not a man, and so I can't. If she was a if she was a man, I could ask her to do a Y DNA test, and that that test would either come back with a Q, 
which is synonymous with the Native American haplogroup, or it would come back with an R, which is the European, or it would come back with the E, which is the African. You know, however you would get there, we would be able to get a science-based definitive answer on whether or not the information we had about that, that distant ancestor was accurate or not using the Y test. And I've been in contact with this individual. I've been, you know, doing, you can send emails and, you know, nudge them on Facebook and do other things just to try to see, do you have a brother? Do you have an uncle? Is there somebody that can take this? Why? I'll pay for it. I'm just trying to get this answer. So if I had supernatural powers, she would she would produce that uncle. She would produce that brother. I, I would get my answer. You know, <laughs> I, and I, I can live with the answer, whichever way it goes. I just want to know, and I think there's a scientific way to get there, but I'm just not getting, you know, you're just not getting everybody as enthusiastic and as excited about this these possibilities as, as I guess I am. So that's yes. how I would use my my magical my magical uh, one one guess or whatever to to try to get at something. Well, I can relate to that. If if I had <laughs> superpowers, <laughs> I would certainly want to have some of those distant relatives respond to me. Uh, so go. that I could get the information that I'm looking for. But with exactly. 50 kids that you're managing, it, it would seem that you are getting some information, especially when I, I listen to you and you say you're actually breaking them up into family groupings so that right. you don't study all 50. You study them based upon, I guess, great-great-grandparents and what have you. Right. Right. So and, and at what point say, do you come to the realization that you've exhausted what you're doing? You're not going to get any further. Well, th- that's that's where you take the long view. And, again, that's why I, I, I'm, I'm never going to get to that place because I'm, my, whole, my whole perspective is I will go as far as I could go and then I will hand this off. I, I want to prepare the next person so that when I run out of gas or run out of whatever I run out of, there's somebody to pick that baton up before it even hits the ground and keep running around that track. So um, it's, it's just like uh, uh, for those that, that saw Black Panther, when, when, when uh, the king, the young king, is able to go back and meet his father in the afterlife, and the father goes, have I not prepared you in every way to be king? And then the young king goes, yeah, you have. Well, then, you know, well, then what are we talking about? So you, the older, the elder has to get the younger one ready. And however far I get when I get there, if I've done enough to prepare the next person, then it's going to be on him to carry it to the next level. And then he'll have that same mission to do, he or she will have that same mission to do the, sex thing, the, next, the same thing over again when it's his turn to pass it down. So the, the, the intent here is to have that long view we're not in this for the quick for the quick in and out. We're in this to run this thing all the way to ground, to keep this family history alive, to keep it to keep it vibrant, to keep people motivated and excited about their history, to wanna to know where they came from, to wanna to understand the ups and downs, the way we had to persevere, the way we had to overcome to even be this far. And so yeah, I'm I'm these fifty kids aren't gonna overwhelm me. Uh, and again, you don't look at them all at once; they're just there. And as as some of the data falls into clusters, where you can look at this cluster in one point, and then look at this cluster in another, or put one down and move to another, 
and just and keep, it keeps you fresh that way because you can run into that brick wall until you get a headache, you know, just staying in one area. But maybe you put that one down because it's giving you such a challenge and move to another quadrant, another batch of your family, and move to that for a little ways. And by the time you come back to that wall, maybe by then something's developed, a, a new cousin is coming to the data pool or something else is coming to uh, interview that's going to allow you now to hurdle over that wall instead of you just standing there and banging your head into it until you get a headache. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, are you blogging or telling stories? Or for that matter, have you written a book? I, I did a manuscript, uh, but other beyond that, and, and I've told many people this, between writing and hunting, I want to hunt. And if somebody, maybe that's going to be the, the magical thing that someone behind me does. They, If I can organize it well enough and, and put it in a position where it's laid out for somebody that, that really has that writer's knack and they want to say, Uncle Jerome or, or whatever, I want, to write, I want to write your story or I want to write our story. And, and well, okay, come on over and we'll talk and uh, here's the pen and the paper. You can, you can go at it. So I'm more inclined to want to, if, if I have energy to dig or energy to write, I'd rather use that energy to dig. That's just, that's just how I'm put together. Sure, and you have people that want to do both. But certainly, if right. you want to dig, right. keep on digging. But as you said, if you organize it in such a way that someone coming behind you willing to write that story, then you're more than happy to share those resources with them so that they could tell that story as accurately as possible. Well, do you exactly. have any parting words that all of us, would like to kind of leave with t- today and linger on? Well, I, I guess I would say that, you know, we have we've gotten into this thing as a, as a, as a, as a people. Uh, I think um, Denise Williams said it so beautifully, uh, we're the black butterfly that was sailed across the water, and now we have to teach our sons and daughters what the struggle brings. And and in in that struggle, I'm talking about a system, and I'm not talking about people that are within that system. The people can be persuaded. The people can be made uh, uh, made to align with with better information and maybe more more uh, wholesome information for the betterment and well-being of everybody. But the system that we're in is it, it is what it is. It was that way in 1619. Many will argue it's that it's that way right now. So, to the extent that we're in this system, if if we can use our ancestors, if we can use the strength, the perseverance, the the survival, and even the thriving techniques that that are all in us because of the DNA that's flowing in us from our ancestors, if we can tell those stories, we can pass those stories down to our our following generations. We will continue to be able to do what we have to do. In this in this land that we've been brought to, and and still not only survive but thrive, based on the strength that we pull from from our ancestors. One wonderful, wonderful parting words, and everyone, I just want you all to know, and I'm sure by now you've heard Jerome as he spoke of his search for his family's Kunta Kente. Your ancestors left footprints. Jerome is managing 50 kits. That's a lot of footprints he's following, right? So you should follow those clues 
And it's not just with your DNA, because Jerome also mentioned oral history from that 90-year-old aunt, that he will sometimes go back and listen to some of the things that were said to him. You can do the same thing. And don't forget, you have these historical societies. You have an opportunity to collaborate with each other. And that's what it's all about. In fact, that's why Jerome is here today, to really encourage you, encourage you to use multiple sources to find your family's Kunta Kente. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today, and I look forward to all of you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett. Thank you so much, Jerome Spears, for joining me today. Goodbye. Thanks for having me.